Revolting is produced by the Cycling Independent, the only cycling media completely free of commercial influence. We are community-supported and dedicated to the whole of cycling. As our tagline says, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. With Stephen and Robot on the Cycling Independent, episode 100. Pew, 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 the, pew, pew. the $64 billion, cabillion dollar pyramid. Billion, cabillion is a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> Content warning, we don't have time for this today. We're going to say fuck and gross stuff is going to come up. Shut this off now or shut up. Get the, get the fuck out of here while we get to business. 100 episodes. Wow. A hundred. A hundred hours. You know what? If someone had said to me at, before we started this, if someone was like, hey, um, why don't you and Steve will do a podcast together? We need a minimum of 100 hours. Nope. I'd, I'd have said, nope. <laughs> that is a negative. I don't think I'm just I'm just flabbergasted. Like what a fucking wild thing. I just like I just can't get over it. I didn't even I didn't even so I never I never looked at weblogs before I did a weblog. And yeah. then I never listened to podcasts. And then yeah. I, and then all of a sudden I had one. And I, well that's not true. I did listen to uh one uh, right before or shortly before we started this project, but wild shit, man. Look at us go. I think it's a testament to my inability to process time, actually, because if someone had said to me, when did you start doing if I didn't have this number, mm-hmm. if this number was not on my radar and someone just said, hey, when did you and Steve will start doing the podcast? I'd have been like, I don't know, a few months ago. Uh, yeah, uh, like a hundred, more than a hundred months ago, (laughs) but no, I mean a hundred weeks ago, but we were also like, we didn't, we had like a stockpile, like 15 episodes at one point because we were only releasing them every six weeks or something. I know it was every other, we were recording every week, but, but releasing every two weeks because, and then, uh, our friends at Shimano came along and gave us the dollars to make the donuts. Oh. I don't know what that means, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So th- then we got to be weekly, and then we both, I don't know, fucked around and wasted a bunch <laughs> of time, and now we record them the week they come out. <laughs> it was a lot of fun listening to stuff from, from a long time ago. Like, oh, we're wishing everybody a happy 4th of July, and it is definitely Halloween today. Yeah. Or whatever yeah. the situation was. I uh, mean, for what it's worth, I still, if I listen to what we recorded last week, I'm like, what did I say? <laughs> All the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. Uh, or that, or you say something and I'm like, what am I, What? What? how did I respond to this? Yeah. I don't have any recollection. That used to happen a lot where I listened to the, like a long, t- a long time ago, uh, say like mm. 95 episodes ago. You would mm. say something and my response would have nothing to do. But now it's like my response has nothing to do with what you say intentionally. 
before <laughs> it was just on yeah. autopilot and I was just, I wasn't even listening. I wasn't listening to what I was saying. It was real awkward. Um, so thank goodness we kind of got our feet under us and got a little bit of traction with this shit. Oh. Uh, so a hundred, hundred episodes in today. Thank you to everybody. Like I, we, we, I could be argued that, um, we would be doing this regardless, uh, whether or not people listen to it. And it feels really good that people are responding and people are engaging uh, I did get a number of people said that they were going to snail mail me questions, but I've been <laughs> so out of my mind, uh, like gone all day, every day. I've been a fucked and I've been upside down on this new project painting project thing that I've been doing, like almost to the point where I'm like not eating or bathing or forgetting to pee like it's fucked my ace what is it ADHD, adhd if i have that yeah I, I was tested in ninth grade and they said i didn't have it but i think i do it's 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 like i can't let this shit go and i don't understand why like i'm enjoying doing it but i just can't fucking go home yeah, it's I was going to say your boss on that project is a real slave driver. Oh my god. I I'm not gone on a bike ride. I've not gone skateboarding. I've not I mean I I ride to work, but I haven't like I don't want to do anything else. What blows my mind about that is that the things that you're doing, the work and excruciating detail of it looks excruciating. People if it were are, me, like I watched a little snippet of you painting the fence that it took you 16 years to cut out. Mm -hmm. And then you were painting the wood grain on. And I thought, oh, fuck me. How that is the most expensive piece of tiny fencing <laughs> that has ever existed. So if I, there's a good chance that nobody knows what we're talking about but uh sort of a brief overview is in 2006 to th 2008 i made all of these little shadow boxes this is not going to be a brief overview go uh, on totally will be okay i made 60 of these boxes and about 10 years ago and they're like little scenes they're layered scenes done on bristol like cardstock and they're all cut out and they're all trimmed and they're all dimensional and about 10 years ago, I started thinking that I would like to one day do big versions. And I didn't have the resources or really the skill set to make the quality of box that I needed. And once I finally got a separate, like an offsite workspace two months ago, I th thought like, I got to shit or get off the pot. I got to get this project going. And um, I I bought like little woodworking tools, like little tiny files and little saws and coping saws and shit. I've had all of this for months sitting on my shelf. So, uh, you're right. This isn't going to be a brief, <laughs> but, but so a, a friend of I've mine, learned a thing or two over a hundred episodes, <laughs> my friend, a friend Any of, story that starts in 2006, <laughs> seven. Yeah. That's not a story. <laughs> so I learned how to walk. See, and so <laughs> yeah. from that point, uh, no, a friend of my parents is a, he's a real masterful woodworker. And initially I thought, Oh, I'm going to do, I'm going to do this project with my dad because my dad's got a bunch of woodworking tools and he's a pretty crafty character. 
Um, and I asked him if he wanted to collaborate and he was like, oh, you know who would, would actually be better? This would be is Bill. And I was like, oh, OK. So I asked Bill. I bought a bunch of wood, bought a bunch of really fucking super crazy bitch and plexi, like UV scratch resistant, the whole thing. And uh, just gave it all to him. And he made these masterful, these six masterfully crafted boxes that are twice the dimension of the the old ones the little set that i made um so i've been cutting all of these figures out uh out of masonite out of like eighth inch masonite and i'm doing it all with razor blades little teeny files little teeny saws and people are like why don't you use a jigsaw why don't you use a table saw i don't have a table saw uh i have a jigsaw but some of the cuts are so delicate that you can't a jigsaw like i tried to use a jigsaw on this fence that we were just mentioning and it broke one of the pieces two of the pieces off no one of the pieces off i broke the other piece off because i'm ham-fisted uh so i cut this picket fence out of a five by ten and a half inch piece square uh, rectangle of masonite and it has taken me start to finish i think it's taken me 15 or 16 hours it's fucked and people are like why don't you just build a fence like why don't you use styrene why don't you like everybody's got these oh everybody's a goddamn expert when you're 16 hours into making a tiny fence (laughs) everybody's got (laughs) these opinions and one thing like i want to paint it to look dimensional you know uh and it's also like it would be different material than everything else in the scene and so I am now like in the home stretch. I, I did spot glued all of these pieces and put it in the box and made sure that like the depth of the physical piece matched the depth of the box. I, I I'm just eyeballing all of this shit. I, I there's no universe where I'm smart enough to do this without all of the fucking luck. Like this is all just luck. So. And this is, but you're on box two of six. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was feeling a little bit under pressure because I thought I was going to have a knee surgery scheduled at the beginning of December, which was going to keep me fucked for, you know, a month at least. And I've got a show in this coming spring and I figured I just got to do all of the work immediately. Um, and I, I'm also thinking maybe I'm trying to make up for lost time because I haven't had a proper workspace and I'm trying to like convince myself that I'm worthy, you know, and I'm like using this space like I have to basically be in the space to get to make up for the fact that I'm paying rent for it. You know, I don't know. It's a, there's a fucking mania, though, that I <laughs> haven't experienced before. Apologies. <laughs> no, no, I love it. I love it. I'm enjoying watching it. I'm also uh, a little bit enjoying that I'm watching it and know that you're losing your mind (laughs) just a little, not dangerously, just like right now you're I'm seeing you've got a bandaid on one finger from work, cutting yourself while working on this fence. No, this was at the bar. I was cutting I had a bar back on Saturday and I was cutting limes with this big serrated blade and I, uh, sure enough, cut the end of my finger off. 
So yeah. that'll happen. Lime juice in an open wound, by the way, is spectacular. Oh, is, it, is it delightful? It's <laughs> yes, un, un, unreal. I screamed fuck so loud that I ruined a whole... Uh, there was a group of people talking about this woman's wedding that they were going to have, and I ruined the whole thing. Like, it derailed the entire conversation. I yelled... I yelled fuck like I was ready to start a war uh, um, uh, and ble- immediately bled everywhere like it was a gusher. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, uh, uh, work related injury. I like to cut the tip off one of my fingers every year or so just to remember <laughs> what it's all about, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it had been a while. I hadn't I hadn't sustained a big injury like that for a minute. One year is about the time it takes for me to forget how bad the last time I did it sucked and like lose concentration while I'm chopping garlic. Yeah. Or ginger. Last one, last time I did it, it was ginger and I cut uh, like the corner. So I cut fingernail and. Mm. Yes. And then I just stuck it all back together with like band aids and hoped that it would grow over, which it did. You get the uh, you get the fingernail and you're also dealing with the pain of the quick being injured. And that's just that's a that's probably a would you rather wrapped up in wrapped up in that. I was going to super glue it, but I lost my super glue. And then yesterday I brought my hand back and caught the flap of the skin on the back of the coping saw blade. Which just like started it all over again. And I actually walked, uh, took a leak and I got to walk all the way down this long hall to get to the bathroom. There's like blood trailing on the floor. I just decided to leave that. (laughs) It's like a territorial pissing, except I I bleed on my things. Oh, your misfortune amuses me. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, all right, let's, um, well, we, uh, we got shout outs. Shout out, which is just really, go ahead. Well, huge thanks to the weirdos who listen to week after week and everyone who's sending questions. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's really means uh, a lot. I love that. I love that people respond to this and I love that uh, it it provides people solace or maybe a little bit of insight or maybe a little bit of uh, well, well-being. I don't know. It's great. Yeah. And maybe people learn uh, some learn some things about themselves, and maybe we learn some things about ourselves. Well, big... I think that I do think that, and maybe we're going to get to that in the questions. So let's do music pick. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll dive directly face first. It's just a big emotional circle jerk. Yep. Okay, what do you got? Oh, music pick. Um, so this week I am picking the 1993 record Jersey Barrier by the band Bob Evans. This is a a very little known band who was fucking great. Uh, so Bob Evans is three guys from New Jersey who moved to Boston, but not really to Boston to like a northern suburb. So they were they were always kind of on the fringes of everything, but they made a bunch of really good records. And the sound is like um, so it's 1993 which is grunge, grunge ground year zero or year two or whatever. So like a lot of what was happening in the Pacific Northwest was very grungy, but Boston did kind of a different sound. And I think this record captures it kind of perfectly. Uh, The first song on the record 
I think it's called Mule Talk. And it is fantastic. If you don't like it, don't go no further. But uh, I noticed I rediscovered them the other day because uh, I remembered how good they were. And so I went back and I confirmed, yes, they're great. Also, this record is available on their band camp as a free download. You can just have it. Oh, fun. So Bob Evans, Jersey Barrier. I had completely forgotten about them. I had a an old housemate of mine, Ashley. She may or may not be listening to this. She and I would always tr- swap music. Like she had a re- really expansive taste. And grew up in outside of Kansas City and went to the outhouse in Lawrence and saw Big Black and saw Bad Brains and she saw everybody. Like she loves she loves music. She loves music so much that one time when she was in high school, she barfed on a guy's record collection and they were polybagged and all of the polybags were open upwards. So there was barf between the polybags and in the polybags and on both sides of record and like couldn't pick a worse place to barf probably. Uh, So yeah, she turned me on to them and I have come all but forgotten about them until this very minute. So I will. Uh, reinvestigate as you did and your connection is like cutting in and out I don't know if any of this is getting to your ears yeah I'm with you I'm with you you were sounding yeah you were sounding like someone calling from the moon but you're back now and we're back and keep going tight Uh, the band that I'm picking today is called Night Versus and uh, the record is called From the Gallery of Sleep. And this record came out in oh, 2018. I've never heard of it. And um, I, I wasn't like, uh, I, like, I would listen to some of it and then I would not really respond. And then all of a sudden it, it was everything that I liked about music. And then it would kind of meander if it's... Um, Capsian, if you if you are into Capsian, uh, maybe even Don Caballero adjacent, uh, definitely Russian circles, um, like heavy, meandering, instrumental soundscapes. And oh, I like that. It's it's really really fucking good. But it is also like it is so clear that I think it's a three piece. They're from Southern California. It's so clear that these guys are such like beyond reasonably adept musicians that sometimes the music gets a little uh, masturbatory. And I think that that's kind of the part that I don't really respond to. But like when it when it gels, you're just like, holy shit, it's like a it's like a perfectly choreographed explosion. And then it gets a little like tweedly deedly and then, the, and then it goes, you know, <laughs> but it's easy to overlook that. I wish everyone else could have seen the finger <laughs> motions you made when you said tweedly deedly. <laughs> That's the international hand gesture for tweedly deedly. Tweedly deedly. Everyone out there, wherever you are listening right now, just do whatever you think with your hands. What you would say when you said tweedly deedly, it'll be that. Uh, yeah, so uh, Bob Evans, Jersey Barrier, uh, Night Versus uh, from the Gallery of Sleep. 
And uh, now we will take a word from our sponsor and we will be right back. Hi, it's Robot. By this point in the podcast, you're all in. You're going the distance. Not all your life choices are the best, but that's okay. None of us is perfect. Here's where I lay it on the line. We're going to entertain you for an hour. We'll do it again next week. In a month, we're going to give you four hours of belly laughs and deep, deep thoughts. All we need from you is a $3 a month subscription to the Cycling Independent. Three bucks, a cup of coffee, a really cheap beer. You've, you've got that money, and we, and we need it. If you've got more, there are 5 and $10 subscriptions, but we're not pushing. We're not pleading. That $3 would help plenty. And now, back to whatever inane nonsense we were talking about before. And we're we back. We're back. Yeah. Uh... If you follow us on any of the social medias, you'll know that for our 100th episode, we besought 100 listener questions, which even at the outset, I knew was ambitious, <laughs> maybe unrealistically ambitious. Uh, yep. So now we're going to answer them, except we didn't get 100. Turns out revolting listeners are just as apathetic as we are. And so we only have uh, 20 questions pared down. I don't know. There was more than that, but it was kind of like some of them are like, what's better? You know, like it's fucking ridiculous. Like what's better apples or oranges? Just shut up. You just wasted both of our time. That's right. But the questions that we have picked are bangers. Uh, I guess is what happens when you try to get someone else to do your work for you. And that's also true. That's also true. Yeah. Uh, so let's, uh, let's start going down the line. And also a hundred would have been mind numbing to get through for all of us. We would have to, answer in like two words next which we are constitutionally incapable of doing <laughs> it's true if you edited a hundred episodes down to like the important bits you'd have 42 minutes worth of content <laughs> not, not, not even one hour's uh, worth all right question one comes from my buddy jace he says how long would it take you guys to kill each other if you were conjoined twins I I would say like three weeks. Oh wow! I was gonna give an answer in minutes. <laughs> I think I think we'd have. I think it'd be super fun. Uh, but as soon as it wasn't fun anymore, it would be the least, most miserable, non not fun. <laughs> like it would be horrible, and and I think we could like we're both pretty patient people. Yeah, I think um, I think over the last couple years, I think we are I I view us as sort of we get along really, really well, but like like brothers that get along really, really well. And I think I think that we're similar enough that we would annoy each other and different enough that we would eventually kill each other. We would. Who do you think, like, if we were conjoined twins, as an addition to this question, who do you think would win in a fight? Oh. Um, huh. That's a good question. I mean, you're bigger than I am. I will answer this. I would. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, I'll just accept that. <laughs> uh, okay. You know, as an aside, because there always has to be one. My kid, my kid said something. My six-year-old kid said something about. I read him the riot act the other day, but in like a playful way. Um, and I was like, I will fucking end you. And he said something about, uh, being bigger than me. And I was like, I don't think you understand what 50 years of time on this earth and like simmering anger, like you have no idea how to fight someone like me. You, uh, um, you don't know prison rules, son. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Question two comes from my older son, Owen. Uh, why does the sun come out during the day instead of at night when we could actually use the light? Uh, okay, Owen. Very clever. You failed as a parent. Yeah, clearly I have. Uh, question three. Yes, sir. Comes from Christopher Mitchell. At what age do you feel like you peaked or have you? Mm. Well, I would say physically. Mm, like, mm, no, that's not necessarily. I would say like, like 28, I was in the fucking zone. Like, but mentally and emotionally not. Right now, I feel mentally and emotionally like I'm in a new, better, the best zone so far, but not physically, <laughs> physically, <laughs> you know? So like when, when did everything, okay. When everything came together physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, romantically, everything, 40 <laughs> for sure. You know, that's uh, the answer you just gave, like from beginning to end is almost exactly what I would have said. I would have said, Physical peak by itself, 28 to 32, somewhere in there. Um, probably emotional peak. I'm not there yet. I think I'm still learning and figuring things out plenty. Uh, mentally, I probably had back when I had a short term memory. So like 40, 40 is probably pretty close. Or maybe it's maybe it's now or still out in front of me. I feel like I still have good work to do. That's that I'm. What, one thing that I think is true is that you, we are unaware as we get older of the value of our experience. So there's a lot of stuff we take for granted that younger people are like, wait, what? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, I think there's still more out in front of me. Of course. Yeah. So we can't, I mean, you can't say like, oh, well, I have yet to peak. Because I know my body's not getting any better. I looked at an MRI of my right knee yesterday. And it uh -huh. just, it's just a absolute <laughs> fucking shit show. <laughs> like ACL not attached, MCL not attached, meniscus is just shredded. And there's a contusion on one of my bones and it's just a fucking wreck in there. Um, I don't feel it. I mean, it's not totally stable and he definitely did kind of give it the herky jerky and it made a big pop, which scared the shit out of me. Ugh. Um, and not like a good pop, like when you just bend over, like kneel down to tie your shoes or whatever. It was like a side to side pop. Um, it's it looked from the picture. It looked like I should be in agony. Uh, and he was talking about like, oh, you'll probably have to get your knee replaced at some point, which sucks because my knees were the only part of me that worked really good. Like my knees were great. Everything but else. You, 
But don't mm-hmm. you kind of think like, ooh, new knee, clean slate, back on the skateboard? Uh, yeah. Well, I don't. Fuck, I don't know. I mean, it's just like every time you leave the house now, it's a gamble. Yeah. I want to do all the things I want to do. I just got to be really mindful of how I do them because I don't have, you know, I don't have big crashes. I don't have a, the ability to like jump out of a, a miscalculated skinny five, six feet in the air and land both feet solidly on the ground because I don't know what, how my right knee is going to take it. So I'm really, I kind of favor that. And then that kind of fucks me up. Cause it's like, I can't, I've always told physical therapists, like, I don't want to crash. I don't want to eat shit. I don't want to slam, but I want to be able to. Right. And right now I'm, that's a little tenuous. So whatever. Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, for me, I'm going to say 40, we don't know what's ahead of us. It might get so much better. They might prolotherapy injections and we're going to be, we're going to have bodies at 20 year olds and it's going to be great. Yeah. Um, AKB. Amanda K. Bryan. Oh, Amanda K. Bryan. Do you crumple or fold your toilet paper before wiping? Uh, I'd be terrible if you folded it after. <laughs> I'm a civilized human being. I have a fucking bidet. We are just oh. a bunch of dirty, horrible motherfuckers. Everybody, everybody, spend, invest in your own butthole and get a fucking bolt on. It's a company called Tushy. They don't sponsor us, but it's like $120 or something. You just tie it right into the waters, water source and then you're good to go. Toilet paper is fucking gross. All you do is dry your butthole. <laughs> I can't believe it. That was, <laughs> fuck. Uh, I but fold. I, guess, I fold, everyone. <laughs> I, I, I fold to dab, but I, I do know. I do know wiping. So he, th- here's a funny story. Our house got toilet papered last week. Uh, the girls volleyball team toilet papered our house because that's the thing that they do. My kid is the, the captain of the varsity volleyball team, so he gets extra treatment. They also put a toilet in our yard. Good one, guys. Good one. But so we sent our son out uh, uh, to the front yard um, to collect and clean up all this toilet paper. And he brought in these paper grocery bags full of like crumpled up toilet paper. And I was like, well, I'm not throwing those out. So now there's a big bag of crumpled up toilet paper next to the toilets in our house. And I'm like, I kind of want. Uh, him to go to school and be like, oh yeah, all that toilet paper you di- you threw in our house, my dad's wiping his ass with it now. Uh, toilet paper is expensive, you know. Remember, remember at the beginning of the of the big COVID thing, and it, people were fucking hoarding toilet paper, like buying like buying Costco out of bulk toilet paper. And now, now, three years later, kids are throwing it all over your house. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we're just we're resourceful people. Why would we throw that out? It's perfectly fine. It just needs a little just needs to be a little uncrumpled. Yeah. And then refolded. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ashley. She asked, would you rather record a podcast in the same room together every day for a year or never do one again? Every day. Every day. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, for sure. Think about how many episodes we wouldn't have to ever do again. Oh, right. We'd have 365 episodes. Um, Yeah, that would last for some number of years. We wouldn't. um, Also, like, it's not like we're 
we're recording for eight hours. Like it's only one hour that we would be sitting with each other. And I, that would be really nice. We might run out of stuff to talk about. I mean, we do kind of like, uh, we, we kind of push it in terms of, uh, content, like coming up with topics. Uh, and sometimes those are, uh, sort of hard to come by, you know? Yeah. But, uh, I think it'd be, I think it'd be super fun to sit with you for an hour, like in person. I agree with that. In fact, there's a lot of times uh, we'll do our thing, right? Like not every week, but some weeks we do our thing and it's super nice. We have a good conversation before we have a good conversation after. And I'm like, oh, I wish I I wish I lived where Steve will live so we could do this, you know, physically together. That'd be nice. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I think every day for a year it would be a lot, but it would be much better than never doing it again. I would be bummed. I would be bummed if someone was like, oh, and that's over. Stop. Yeah, what happened? I mean, I guess that's not outside of the realm of possibility either. You know what I mean? That we have like, to stop? Th th yeah, that we have to stop. Like, we lose funding. We lose the platform. I guess we wouldn't lose the platform. I guess there's like a million podcast platforms that we could that we could trans move all of the stuff to or something. I don't even know how that, <laughs> I don't even know how that shit works. Well, like a lot of stuff in my life, I feel like though I enjoy this, I'm also trapped in it. <laughs> you know, like I didn't think we'd get to 100 episodes. I still enjoy doing it, but I'm also like, how long do what does end this? Mm -hmm. When does it end? Well, when it stops being fun, I think oh. is a good. And I, you know, I think we both trust each other enough to say like, yeah, it's this really in checking any of my boxes anymore. And no, it's not you. It's me. Uh, maybe we can stay friends. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Next up, Reggie. Just want to say thanks to both of us because we're real. Oh, Reggie doesn't know we're just AI projection of what what, what it would be like if Steve Jobs and Beaker from the Muppet Show were combined, and then soft swirled soft serve swirled into a pair of middle aged derelicts. Uh, then given a pair of mics and an hour to kill. But you're welcome, Reggie, and, and also thank you. Uh, next question. This comes from Jizz Goblin. Jizz Goblin? Uh, <laughs> is this your other son? Or is this, this is my younger son, Jizz Goblin. <laughs> and I, I told... Uh, Ian, his real name, I told him uh, that you refer to him as Jizz Goblin. He was like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to remember what his name is. I'm just going with Jizz Goblin forever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why is your love conditional? Yeah, I, I think this one is directed at me. Why is your, <laughs> why is your love conditional? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, why is your love conditional? Come well, home, everyone's you, love you is say come home a winner or don't come home at all a lot to him, I bet. I do. I do. I, when he leaves the house in the morning, I say, achieve maximum victory. And when he walks back in, I say, you look like a loser. Go to your room. I did actually, I did actually uh, coincidentally give him $20 for no reason this morning and say, I think you're just doing a great job. Keep going. Oh, man. That's cool. But he's going to remember that forever. Probably it's, not. It's these little things. You know, when I was in first grade, <clears throat> I ate spaghetti with my parents at home. I don't know where my sister was, but 
We finished with the dinner, and I think I was talking about the Star Wars Landspeeder toy. And my mom and dad said, let's just put the dishes in the sink and go down to Target and get you one. And I was like, what? Never, ever in my short life had we ever not done the dishes and then driven all the way to Lakewood to the Target on Colfax and got me a toy for no reason. That was like a $16 toy. And in today's money, that's about $17,000. Right. So... Uh, you know, 45 minutes down to Lakewood, 45 minutes back. It was a huge expenditure of time. It was money that I know they didn't have to spend randomly on a toy. But that man, that like made a huge impression on me. Two things about that. One, that is an all-time toy, the Land Speeder. It mm. had those little floaty wheels. Yeah, so, so it, it kind of did look like look it was like floating. It. Yeah. So good. S- super cool. Um, second, and you'll appreciate this. I had a similar experience one morning. I'm eating a bowl of Quaker oatmeal. Send us that check Quaker. Uh, I'm eating a bowl of Quaker branded oatmeal. And on the back, there is an advertisement for adventure people Mm. where you send in like two proofs of purchase and $197 and they send (laughs) you some adventure people. And I said to my mom, uh, oh, man, these adventure people look awesome. And she's like, well, why don't we get them then? I was like, wait a minute. The the fuck? Is it my birthday? What's the the catch? Yeah. (laughs) What I got to do? Yeah. And does does your mom, have you told your mom that? Like, does she remember that? She does not remember it. Yeah, my parents, my parents don't remember. They don't remember this thing. But like, I will say funny things and they're like, oh, you never remember any of the good stuff. Cause I'm like, remember how you ruined my life? (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, well, that's cool. You, uh, I think, I think that's really nice, you know, just recognizing and not even, it's not even the money. I mean, the money's great, but just recognizing that he's just goblin is, you know, he's making his way. He's, he's going from a little just goblin to like an adult, a young adult just goblin. That's right. And he just keeps going. It's great. Uh, I have a question that I was thinking about the other day because someone said that they wondered why Seinfeld was canceled. I said, motherfucker, it wasn't canceled. Uh, They said with no explanation. It was a coworker. I'm trying to get fired. (laughs) Then it made me think about Twin Peaks and why it was canceled after two seasons. And then a third season came out 25 years later. My question is this question, the questioner, the person posing this question uh, where do you see the show going? Seinfeld ending or Twin Peaks ending with a return 25 years later to tie up loose ends? Um, I have never watched an episode of Seinfeld the entire time it was on until the season finale. And I just happened into a brewery in Santa Cruz with my friend Davo and it was on and I watched it and I thought, huh. <laughs> uh never seen never seen Twin Peaks either. Um I was an X-Files guy. So what's the question? What? I don't even know what the fucking question is. Where do the I question see? What? is, are we gonna just decide that uh revolting is over? Or Wait, this, this show or Seinfeld? No, wanna... this show. Where do you see the show going? There, he's talking about this show. Yes. But then, 
Is it a Seinfeld ending where they decide to end it? Like, oh, you've done your work. We're all set now. Or the Twin Peaks one where we get canceled before we really resolve all of the outstanding questions. I think it's a combination of both. And we we cancel ourselves. I think. Yeah, I think it's actually a happy days ending where the show sort of jumps the shark and we find ourselves talking about tea sets or um, the best blender to buy. Or, or I didn't watch Sopranos either, but I understood that that just like, it just ended like, it just like, like the camera, somebody unplugged the camera in the middle of a monologue or dialogue or whatever. And it was like, and that was it. And I kind of like the idea of us just like in the middle of a sentence, just stopping. And then that's, maybe dead air sound or something like that, you know? And my music pick is, and then it's just over. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. I read that question a couple times and I like just now reading it out loud. Uh, My favorite line in it is motherfucker. It wasn't canceled with no explanation. (laughs) As a coworker, I'm trying to get fired. (laughs) I wish that I had written down who sent this question. Uh, I think that was, I don't know. It was direct messaged to me or maybe both of us. Can't remember. It's a great question. Uh, Shane Walker asked, how do you fit an old donkey into a new donkey? Um, feel like this is sort of the sound of one hand clapping kind of a thing. And I, I don't, I don't know. I should have Googled it. We should have Googled it because you did consult me last week. You're like, what does that question mean? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> um, an old donkey into a new donkey. I have no idea what that question means. I feel like we're unwittingly making a masturbation joke over and over <laughs> again. And Shane is just somewhere chuckling. <laughs> like you and I are doing the, the, the verbal, like the equivalent of like, well, I don't know how many balls I want pressed against my face. <laughs> how many balls do you want? I don't know. I don't understand the question. Like you jump in a ball pool and you got balls all over your body. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm. Shane. I guess I'm in. I guess I'm in multiple balls on me. Uh, <laughs> I like them all. Shane's uh, chuckling. Good Fez. job, Shane. Good job, Shane. Uh, Fez asked, "What is your podcast about?" And um, what was the first review? That what did it say? Uh, unlistenable in four (laughs) important ways, something like that. Yeah, Yeah, that's what it's about. Well, I was thinking about, um, so I said, Fez, he said, oh, what is this thing where you're asking people for questions? I was like, oh, it's for my podcast. He said, what's your podcast about? And then I thought it, this goes really well with the Seinfeld question because Seinfeld is famously a show about nothing. Right. And I do think... This is also, to some degree, a podcast about nothing. It's just a, it's just the mutual admiration society. We just sit here and talk about how great the other person is and how, you know, we try to prop each other up. And, you know, you're having a bad day. Oh, come on, man. Your hair looks great. Oh, yeah. man, is that a new T-shirt? And it's just that. It's just two middle-aged nobodies uh, making each other feel better about being alive. At foundationally, that's what it's about. I think that's right. It's it's what we're doing is we're modeling the behavior of the modern uh, heterosexual male relationship. 
in a mm. new format where we support each other and talk about our feelings. Damn. That's good. I didn't realize we were doing it until just now, but that's what yeah. it's about. Okay. And, you know, with a little bit of stuff about punk rock and bikes and skateboards and uh, hijinks in the midst of all of it. Tomfoolery. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> Nick Peak, what's the grossest thing you've both done while recording a podcast? Um, I think in, it was like episode six or seven. It was early on. Uh, I fucked a corpse. <laughs> Other than that, <laughs> nothing. That's not the story I thought you were going to tell. <laughs> Other than that, I haven't done it. I, you know, I just, there's not enough room to do anything gross or otherwise in here. I just sit with my hands well, on my knees, try not to move too much. A long time ago, I couldn't even begin to guess what episode it was. I have said repeatedly, I don't know how time works. I don't know when it happened. But at one point, we were doing the podcast and you were like, I got to pee. And you got up and left. <laughs> And you were like, as you walked away, you were like, just keep talking. I was like, should we pause? Should we? You were just like, no, just keep going. I don't did know I, what episode that is, but. Did I pee or make a cup of coffee? Oh, I, I probably, I probably did pee. Yeah. I've learned to, um, I've learned to like give myself all of the, the allowances, you know, I handle all of my business before I sit down because there's, and there's been a couple of times where I was like the end I'm like sweating. I got to pee so bad by the time that we're done. So because I like load up on water when I wake up and then I drink two cups of coffee and maybe I eat a bowl of granola. So I am like so full of pee by the time my balls are so full of pee because that's how the body works, right? <laughs> that's your balls right. where you keep your pee according, right. according, to the, according to the internet. Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 So, uh, no, I don't uh, we, we, there's, we don't have any room to do gross stuff during the podcast. That's true. But almost every time, as soon as we sign off and then I click stop and, and go to export my sound file, Steve will just rips a series of farts that he's been holding. In. That's not true. Not every time it has happened a couple of times and it's funny. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. And I'm surprised by it every time, which is what makes it funny. <laughs> uh, all right, Nick has another question, which is what <clears throat> is slash has been the most gratifying moment or moments during the recording of 100 podcasts? Has it been just getting better at podcasting? Have we? I don't know. Or is there a particular experience or moment that seems the most gratifying? Hmm. Uh, I think very fundamentally, or uh, I think that might be the term, the word, uh, it's just been, uh, further establishing a really fulfilling relationship with you. That would yeah. be, that would be my answer. I think that's, I think that's, I mean, that is really true. Some of the gratifying. Okay. So yes, number one is definitely like our friendship has become, like a like a foundational thing in my weekly life, which is great. And we talk on the podcast and not on the podcast and it's whatever. And that's good. I think it's also super gratifying for me to see that like when we first started, you were really broken hearted and in a bad 
place. And just to watch you, and I like it, I admire this. It's you, you found yourself in this situation that was very difficult. And I projecting, I'm like, I would have given up like all of the times, every single moment I would have given up. And you have like created this whole, you have bettered yourself all along the way. And that's pretty gratifying as a friend to watch that. And the third thing is that, uh, fairly often we get emails from people who say that they themselves are struggling or going through a divorce or dealing with depression or whatever it is. And they say that listening to this fucking nonsense (laughs) (laughs) helps. And that is huge to me. Well, I think, you know, we we're unapologetic about about our our holding our shit and holding space for our shit and our grief and our sadness and our. I don't know, uh, emotional deficiencies. I don't even call this deficiency calls it kind of has a negative connotation, but, you know, we are like we we hold our humanity or humanity front and center. Um, And so maybe, you know, like we're. I can't say all people or all men or all women, but I feel like we're conditioned to hide the sadness. Um, You know, like going on, like live streaming yourself crying because somebody died. Like that's weird to me, you know, whatever people deal with grief and in a myriad of different ways. But, um, I think we are, um, we've become better or we're, we're becoming better at, at just unapologetically being human with the, with the highs and the lows and depressions and joy and, you know, bumps and warts and all. And, and maybe that, uh, encourages other people to, to be, uh, proud of the highs and the lows and all of the complexities that makes us human people. I think that is very right. I think that's very right. And it's been a really pleasant surprise. Like when we started doing this, I didn't know that that's what we would be doing. I didn't know that you would be willing to do that. I didn't know if I would be willing to do it, but it happened and that's pretty great. Uh, yeah. And I would, I would second uh, or second uh, cont- as a continuation, uh, just, just that people are responsive, um, you know, f- f- in good t- complimentary, uh, or, or it resonates with them. Like that means uh, a lot to me. It feels like, you know, we're doing something like last week or whatever talked about the pebble in the water. Like, you know, uh, I think we're making a, a positive impression and that feels good to me to hear back from people that, it makes them happy in, in whatever way. Uh, let's see. John uh, said, tell me why I keep and love and take care of bikes that are no longer really worth riding, but I love them 30 years ago. So I still pump up the tires and ride them on short trips to the bar and remember why I don't ride them anymore because they hurt my back and <laughs> don't stop worth shit. Uh, I think there's a, uh, a nostalgia attached, you know, like 
fuck man selling like off of my most of my collection of bikes when i had to move was uh excruciating because these bikes were built to me built for me by people who i loved and they were vessels of all emotions and i had um distinct and specific memories good and bad and everything in between uh attached to these objects and so i think that's why i would um i would have kept all these bikes and maybe some of the bikes weren't really worth a damn or didn't fit me very good or weren't comfortable to ride but they're like they're like friends you know they're they're confidants and and i imagine that's probably why a person does that i think only romantics do that it's irrational to keep them and romance is irrational and i i applaud you for being the romantic that does stupid things because you have feelings i love it (laughs) uh let's see dr ray punk rock dentist Name something that scared the fuck out of you prior, but after you did it, uh, after you did them, you liked it and wanted to do it again. Um, I want to extra shout out Dr. Ray because he sends me music stuff all the time, which I appreciate. He's a he's a good uh, correspondent. Yeah, yeah, he is. Let's see, name something that scared the fuck out of you. Uh, committing my life to a person. You know, that kind of blew up in my face, but not at the same time. And uh, it's not like physical things. Oh, okay. Uh, There's been a physical thing. So committing my life to a person, A. B, uh, there's a a photo that my friend Scott Zorn took of me that I've gotten a billion miles of use out of. But there's this storm drain at the old curb spot that, that I would go to in Oakland. And behind this storm drain there had been this big metal lid that had gotten taken off of it and i used to be able to do front side 50 50s over the storm drain a la you know a death box in a pool um but two times back to back my front foot came off and like almost lost my foot into this dirty fucking hole like it was a it was an ankle breaker for sure and i was there uh, a few years ago and somebody had taken the lid off so on one hand, you're risking losing an ankle in this dirty hole. And on the other hand, you're risking losing the entire of your body, entirety of your body down this like 10 foot hole. And it was fucking scary. So you were really kind of threading this needle. And I was in a place in my life where I didn't have a lot of fucks to give. And so I gave it a shot and it was I lost my board down there on one of my attempts, but I finally fucking got it. My friend Scott took the photo and I don't have a lot of favorite like skateboard photos or bike action bike shots of myself, but that was money. And so uh, those two, that slappy and and committing to a person are my two biggies. Mm. I think my I think mine. uh is uh probably mental health related like i was horribly afraid to get help with um addiction recovery and depression 
horribly afraid. And then once I did and I started to get results and relief, I was like, oh, I want oh, I'll have more of this, please. Oh, yeah. group therapy, group therapy with a bunch of strangers. Sign me up. Yeah. You know, like once yeah. it started working, I was like, Jiminy Cricket. I, I described that the analogy I came up with, like, I felt like I've just been now in hindsight, I feel like I've been floating in open waters my entire yeah. life. And now for the first time I see land like, holy shit, man. It's like, it's, it's tangible. It's within reach, you know, and you never really, it could be argued that you never really get there. Maybe you get your footing, maybe you touch a sandy bottom giggity, but you never (laughs) get to like, you're never there building a house on the Island. You're always kind of, you know, you're headed in that direction though. And uh, I'm with you on that. I I mean, I would go a step further and say I was treading water in the deep end of the pool and they were like, the shallow ends right over here. And I was like, nope, I'll just swim it out. Thanks. And they're (laughs) like, but you don't have to. And I was like, nope, this is definitely the way for me. And then I went and stopped treading water. I just stood up in the shallow and I was like, oh, oh, yeah, life is so much easier, way easier than Uh, you thought it was going to be. Another one from Dr. Ray. Name the most beautiful places you have been to, both natural and man-made. Mm. Mm. <clears throat> the Cascades in Washington State, uh, just about everywhere I'd ever backpacked to in Colorado. Um, Moab. Bali. Uh, fuck, man. Paris, Canadian Rockies, oh, the fucking Alps, the Tetons. I'm a mountain kid, you know, like give me a fucking mountain and a creek and it's the best thing I've ever seen in my life. So yeah. um, I would say, I would say that stuff of oh, the British Virgin Islands. I went to Tortola a bunch of years ago. That was, I'd never seen like crazy crystal water. And it's like, you're swimming in an aquarium and you see all these brightly colored fish. I'd say, you know, like just that, that stuff. Yeah. I'm also a mountain guy. Um, Wales where my family, where my dad was born and where my family still lives. Uh, North Wales, the mountains in North Wales that are all have little like mountain lakes and things in them. Probably that is the thing that I crave the most, like to be in those places. Um, but also, Iceland, fucking amazing. Um, in the Yucatan, I went to a cenote, which is like a sinkhole filled with water. It's like an underground water cave situation uh, that has all these plants growing up out of that was I mean, you, you just get to some places and you're like, this can't be real. Uh, but I often have that. Like if you go to the Alps, you look around and you're like, this is some movie shit like this doesn't yeah. really exist yeah you just feel we're so conditioned to see you know like cgi or whatever and then you're standing in the alps and you're like huh fuck yep <laughs> exactly <laughs> i can't even i can't even tell that this is real i was in innsbruck austria uh and it was real foggy I like i don't know i took the train there because i wanted to go to Toulon, where egon chile was born and you know there's like a pilgrimage to go see his museum or whatever <laughs> And I'm kind of walking around Innsbruck and then the, the, the fog burns off. And I was like, oh, oh, you know, like the mountains just keep getting more and more majestic as the, the sky right. clears. And I was just like, 
goddamn people fucking live here. You know, this is wild, wild stuff for me. I you, even, see, I, you see stuff for the first time and it's always going to make a huge impression like that, too. I had that experience. I was in the Home Depot parking lot, a Home Depot parking lot in Salt Lake City. And I looked around like if, when you're in Salt Lake City, you and like every direction you turn looks like a Disney set. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what the fuck? This is the Home Depot, but it's also like some kind of anyway. Yeah. Uh, and then man-made. Man-made. Oh, nothing is jumping out of my brain. Um, I like for man-made things. I, I, I mean, you and I were, uh, we were out in Bellingham last year, me and the family. And we went to that, uh, what was it? Western Washington college. Oh, yeah. Big sculpture garden there. They had all kinds of, they have all kinds of sculptures there. I just think like out of man-made stuff, outdoor hardscape always gets me excited. Yeah. There's a, I can't remember the name of the sculptor, but there's a woman uh, who built this ring of stones with round portals and the rocks are all fit together just so, but it's perfect. It's perfectly symmetrical. Um, and I wish I could remember her name, but it's just like, it's a marvel. Like, I don't understand. It's not, she didn't sculpt the stone. It's just every, all 10,000 stones fit perfectly together to make perfect flat and perfect curved surfaces. And that's really a, a neat thing to see. I guess, I mean, Paris is man-made, so I, I included one place. But that's also the same kind of thing. Like you walk around the corner and you see the Eiffel Tower and you're like, ah, oh. every time you saw that in a cartoon or a movie or whatever, you're like, holy shit, it actually looks like that. You know, to see it with your own eyes is pretty impressive. Uh, what do you think? We're in an hour, 40 something minutes right now. You want to just keep plowing through these? We, we've only got a couple, three more. Okay. Uh, Mark Rossi asks, if you could go back in time and change a moment of your life, change a, yep. a moment sure. of your life, uh, would you? The catch is that you could change the trajectory of your life from that point forward. Uh, I would, and I don't feel like the trajectory, I mean, whatever, the path that I'm on is the path that I was destined to be on. But last winter I did hypnotherapy. And at one point in the hypnotherapy, I remembered the exact moment that I used uh, self-defamation as a defense and how that worked and how that made me feel protected. I think I would like to change. I would, if I had the power, I would put a different parameter on that or, or uh, <clears throat> I mean, I didn't have the capacity to understand how that was going to fuck me up long-term um, because it, as we've talked about in past episodes, I was basically like, abused i was mentally abused for most of my life by myself <laughs> yeah i was i was my own abuser i was my own victim and um and that was a really hard thing to recognize it was really painful in the midst of this 
um, these sessions with this woman. Uh, and I would like to, I would like to, I've undone, I've recognized it at least, and I've started to kind of untie that knot. But I think that would probably be a spot that I would like to alter if I could. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I think, um, I wish that I had done um, addiction recovery earlier than I did. I mean, it's easy to say, well, you needed all that pain to get where you got. So, but it just seems like um, from a, not even from a selfish point of view, but like my wife and and my friends and and family and people around me might have enjoyed my company more (laughs) if I had gotten to that sooner. Um, But I agree with Importantly, I think I agree with what you said at the beginning, which is that the path is just the path. I don't know that the trajectory changes all that much. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I'm always going to be this person. That's right. Yeah. Uh, 17? Yeah. Hayden Stone. Hayden Stone. Go ahead. Would you rather have to manually collect bull semen at a production facility or look guys in the eye every time they hand you a sample at a sperm bank? Uh, am I, do I work at the sperm bank? I think you do. Well, of course you would look at the person in the eye. I'll fucking take, if I'm working at a sperm bank and I'm just like taking samples and putting them in the refrigerator. Yeah. Am I licking my lips and like (laughs) arched eyebrow looking at the guy or am I just like, Hey, thanks man. Uh, you know, see ya. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm not, I'm not ashamed. I don't really have any skin in that game. I take the sperm bank job. Yeah, I would, maybe I'd even high five. Oh, high fives. Well, (laughs) you know, did you wash your hands? (laughs) Left-handed. Left-handed high five. 18 comes from us, from somebody, but you've got the notes, right? Yeah. Uh, you sent it to me. Uh, um, you sent it to me. This was a Instagram DM, right? Yeah. Who did it come from? Oh my God. You you kidding me? You, you even gave me grief at the beginning, said you included this in the notes. I did. I suck, but I don't know who, who. Oh, I don't know who it can't. I don't know who it came from either. Oh, it's a good question, though. If John Reese can do no wrong in any project, John Speedo Reese of uh, Drive Like Jehu, Rocket from the Crypt, Hot Snakes, Plosives, Night Marchers, I'm missing some. He did a thing with the Met, with Mets. Yeah. Um, Back Off Cupids wasn't my favorite thing that he's ever done, so I can't say that it would be do no wrong. But it's not wrong. It's just not super interesting so if he, he can, let's just he, say if he can do no wrong okay just about no wrong uh is there someone who should be stopped from more projects dave Grohl is excluded <laughs> as the obvious correct answer <laughs> the question also started with the best description i've ever heard was dave of, of dave Grohl is no empty calories uh, <laughs> uh let's see um Oh, Ugh. no, I don't should think be there's a, <laughs> I don't should think be there's, stopped. I don't think there's anybody. 
No, that's not true. I'm going to, I've been thinking about this question for a couple of days and I'm sure there's, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure there's somebody that, um, that will jump to my mind at some point along the way, but I, I'm thinking Linda Perry because I hate four non blondes so badly, except Linda Perry herself is actually extremely talented. Um, I would say anything from Rush, but that's not really, a, that's kind of a non-issue now. This quickly devolves um, into all the music we hate. If I could end country music radio immediately, I would. I would just cleaver it right out of the FM dial. You know, okay, so this, the Cyruses, none of them really, none of them really do anything that I'm terribly crazy about, and they're pretty prolific, but I mean, Miley is fine. The Cyruses, Billy Ray, Miley, and whatever her brother's name is. Um, She did come in like a wrecking ball. we're going to have to revisit. She She sure did. Uh, we're going to have to revisit this one, I think. I'm going to think about it, and I'm going to, like, we will address this in the next episode, the 101st episode. Uh, but right now, I can't I can't think of anybody, which is weird, because I usually, usually can. Um, so what do we, that's it. 100 questions would have yeah, taken us yeah. way longer than we had. So we're, like, closing it out at almost 20, and that's awesome. So thank you to everybody who... Uh, contributed and you know, I will get to the postcards if anybody actually came through and sent postcards we'll get to those next week as well uh, so outro I look forward to that. that's it if you're hearing these words the planet didn't explode in a gaseous fireball or collapse in on itself from the sheer weight of human stupidity while we were yapping about all and sundry just know that if life on earth is still possible it's not our fault Thanks and fuck off. On behalf of the revolting episode in Cycling Independent, I'm Steve. That's Robot. Don't forget to suck it.